0: I officially got diagnosed when I was aged 11 as I was having epileptic seizures, which were at the time, they were more of an absence. So what people kind of refer to as like daydreaming. (music) I wouldn't always notice I was having them, but some some key instances happened um, where I was having them such as, I was opening some presents on the step for my birthday And apparently I just went blank all of a sudden and my auntie saw me across the room and was like, that's not right, you need to go and see a doctor.
1: Did that come on when you were 11 or was it just noticed when you were 11?
0: I suppose it was probably more noticed when I was 11. Um, when When I had a chat with my parents, they said they'd seen them. Probably likely since I was about three, right? Okay. Because it's such short spurts and random, they never used to be. I'm guessing very mm. often. Yeah. Um, you could just pass it as someone's not listening, someone's having a daydream, I'm not chatting, or something like that. Um, mm. But from chatting to a few people, um, apparently, along with puberty, it was one of the things that was more increased. With yeah, so symptoms were increasing a bit more. Um, through many things yeah
1: so that was when you were 11 yeah and how did things progress from then so your auntie noticed yeah um and your parents presumably took you to a doctor
0: yeah yeah so originally I got just my parents just took me to the the doctor and then they straight away referred me to the MSG um where they were like yeah she's got epilepsy yeah um I think my parents weren't really sure how to kind of take it in really as it was kind of not I'm guessing not what you're expected you go into a meeting and come out with this massive title of a condition that can have so many different things um
1: and it's quite a scary word epilepsy
0: it is yeah I suppose people it's got people typically when people think about it they think people dropping to the floor having a seizure but it's not always that um Mm. for example the seizures we were talking about before and I know I had some typical seizures but I also most often would have um, like a few different types of them um, but so the seizures would continue mm-hmm. um, and I went through a process of trying different medications and this yeah. was quite a long process um, and then I got to the stage where I was missing quite a lot of school um, well, As soon as they said, I lost my independence. I um, was unable to do things like swimming and cycling. Um, I couldn't really do too many activities. And I had to be with someone at all times because they weren't sure if I was going to have one or not. Um, So it impacted me quite a bit. Mm. I didn't feel like a teenager. I felt like someone that was always being watched. But the one thing I did continue was my music. Right, okay. Um, And it was my little getaway to music. Yeah. Um, I mean I did it with the help of my teaching assistant and my mum and my friends and family. Um, they enabled me to carry it on. Um, but so yeah, that was kind of where it was going. And um, it was funny because when I, we kind of talked about that when I was um, playing, I would never have a seizure. I'd always if I was playing I'd stop have the seizure and then carry on. Um, but the the music, I said it would have been fascinating to have a, a, a scan now and see what it would have been mm. like and how it was affected by that. But obviously, that's in the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did that then build up
1: to the surgery? Because um, so, that was then. There's a few years yeah. between, or three years between your initial diagnosis and when you had your yeah. surgery. So
0: I originally had an EEG, which they couldn't. They didn't notice anything major um and then they kind of just tried to carry on um with prescribing me different medications trying to find something that would help Mm -hmm. but it got to the stage where i wouldn't would almost be having seizures full time there wasn't a moment where i wasn't having them although they might not have always been noticeable that's kind of the worst of where it got to but um i had i was referred to the hospital for about three weeks in the run up to my um surgery um I think it was the year before and it was that was hard because I couldn't do anything I was constantly having seizures I tried to look at TVs and things like that but that was horrible and it just wouldn't I couldn't look at screens or anything were you aware that you were having the seizures as you had them um so I got what they call an aura in my hands um so i'd have that funny it was i can't explain the feeling it's a funny feeling that i'd usually get um and if i felt that usually i'd know i'd have a seizure but i could feel it anything from five minutes beforehand to two seconds so not be able to say anything and it wasn't i must say it wasn't with every single seizure um but it took over your life by the sounds of it or it was yeah. Your life. <laughs> yeah, I at, at that point, I d- didn't really know what to do. I didn't have much. Um, and then, so I, after that really, uh, after that long period of being um, in hospital, I think I was ref- uh, allowed home, I think it was Christmas Eve. Um, and um, basically then I got referred to Great Ormond Street Hospital to see if they could find a um, kind of, help diagnose what was wrong um, and from there I had a couple MRIs at the hospital and they found a brain tumor I think they said my parents were like it's an old 50p size because apparently right. they used to be bigger um, and so I had that in which they were like well we're gonna try so again they tried to do some different um, medications mm-hmm. and Um, I also had, if I'm right in saying, some telemetry scans, um, which I was hooked up to a machine, had loads of, um, I don't know the words, like electron things put in my head, and I'd have week-long scans attached to the machine. I look funny with a little hat, and I was attached to this big machine that was... um, I found it interesting. I mean, it wasn't the best, but it was quite funny watching this wiggles on the screen of what I do and I lift my arm up and it would wiggle a bit more. <laughs> and that was all when you were at Great Ormond Street Hospital. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd I'd go there for different appointments and yeah. eventually they were like uh it was taking over my life. Um, I was getting to the stage where if nothing was done the pros of the surgery outrage the risks, because um, there was quite a few risks with the surgery mm. as well. Um, and so that year, we said, they we, there was a possible date quite early on, but my parents were like, because of the possible risks of the surgery, they wanted one last holiday with the me that they knew. Yeah, okay. Um, which was lovely, we went on a family holiday then. Where did you go? Um, just to England, but it was still really nice, Yeah, really nice. Um, and then in the October, I had a surgery. Have you ever spoken to your parents about what
1: all their memories or their how they felt when these conversations were happening before your surgery? I mean, as a parent, the thought of your child yeah. needing such... or being... You know, experiencing these seizures and then being told that they need such serious surgery.
0: Yeah. I know It's it unimaginable. Was... Yeah. I know it was hard on them. Um quite hard. I mean I've had a few conversations, but I also know it's tough for them to talk about as well. Yeah. Okay. Um But
1: it must have been very tough on you. You were young. Yeah. You might not have known any different maybe if this is just you were growing up like this. But yeah.
0: I'm fearful not... of I just I think I was what a bit might come? Um, because a lot of funny enough a lot of my seizures were also triggered by um, uh, emotions and mental and um, they could have also been triggered by temperatures and noises and sounds and so there was an endless list but it was funny how emotions also triggered my seizures and um, so if I was upset and things like that so that it it was it was hard and Mm. mentally it was quite a tough thing to go through yeah. Um, but I can't imagine what it was like for my parents. I know at times they really struggled but mm. they were so supportive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Presumably one of them stayed with you
1: at the hospital when you actually went for the surgery?
0: The way it worked, um, there was a bed in the room for, obviously for me and then there was this bed sofa thing that one of my parents could have stayed on and um, usually my mum came with me um and stayed on it and I how she slept on that bed I don't know because it's when you go, touch it it feels like a solid table <laughs> yeah but it still meant I your had bed was more on, comfy yeah oh, yeah, yeah, my, you, yeah my bed was quite nice <laughs> it was a bed, but it was good yeah I could go up and down so <laughs> um and then during when I had the surgery both of my parents stayed over okay um, so I've got three younger siblings and they went to friends and family um so everyone
1: pulled together yeah,
0: um, a lot of friends and family helped during that period. Yeah. So my mum and I flew over a couple of days earlier because um, I had to do like some pre-operation scans and tests. And then m- my dad flew over and I think arrived just on the day, just in time, because I think the fog typically was being a bit annoying. And although I don't really remember much, one of my key memories is I was getting prepared for the surgery... Um I had the typical gown, long socks on and things and I was about to start watching The Deathly Hallows <laughs> part one I think. Much relaxing film. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, actually maybe this isn't the best idea. <laughs> um which is quite funny when I remember that. But <laughs> I, that is probably one of the most significant things I remember from the whole period. Yeah. And um I know the surgery took hours, like several hours. Um in which um i have the memory of falling asleep um and don't really remember waking up but my parents said i woke up quite early quite okay. well and and talking but my m- mum um they don't usually let in the recovery room um was allowed in the recovery room and apparently when she saw me she knew i was going to be okay okay yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've got long hair now. Yes. Presumably, did they have to cut part of your hair off? Yeah, so I was quite lucky. the
0: practicalities. Yeah. Yeah. I think if it was done a couple of years beforehand, yes, they probably would have had to shave my whole head. Okay. But I was very lucky in that they only had to shave, like, a small patch on the side of my head. And it was actually done in a way that the top of my hair um, could still lie over it. Right, okay. So there was... so it wasn't always visible. Yeah. I mean, obviously
1: the cosmetic side of things isn't the most important <laughs> when it's, no. you know, such serious <laughs> surgery. But I'm guessing as a young girl, those things are important when when you then come home and you want to see your friends.
0: It was a bit difficult. I was never really into, I think because of everything that happened, I wasn't overly fussed on what I looked like. I just knew it was really yeah. important. Yeah. Um, but one thing that did stick was that I think I couldn't knock my, um, the area and i had to be really careful of what temperature it was and so i okay. started loving wearing hats and that hasn't left so you had to
1: be warm i uh, yeah i had, you had to, to kind keep of... your head warm rather yeah. than keeping it cool yeah okay
0: yeah and so the hats began <laughs> yeah. and
1: in terms of the recovery process from the surgery how long were you did you stay in the hospital so... before you were allowed to come home and and what was that yeah. process like when you got home
0: so I stayed in if I'm right in saying I stayed in Great Ormond Street Hospital for I think five days afterwards okay and then I flew back home that seems really quick yeah it
1: might not have felt it
0: no it, when it, I think about it is a bit like oh I only had it for that long yeah <laughs> um, and then I flew back home and stayed over here and I can't remember how long I stayed in hospital over here for after that and then um, I wasn't allowed to pay any wind insurance for six months um, because the blowing would cause pressure in my head. Okay. Um, and then I wasn't, I was off school for three months. Right. After that. Um, and that would have been
1: camp. at a quite a crucial time academically. Yes. Under yeah. the systems we've got, you must have been in GCSE yeah. era. Yeah. So then. I
0: went back and repeated year ten. Okay. So I kind of moved down the year and repeated my year ten, um, which was also tough. Yeah. Um. I struggled through that, but I still appreciate how supportive my teachers were through that time. I mean, do you mind telling
1: us which school you went
0: to? Um, so I was at St Sampson's High School. Okay. So you
1: you went back and did your year 10 again, yep. so year 11 is when you do your GCSEs.
0: 10 and 11.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then what did you do after that? Were you still in recovery process at this point? So
0: yeah, so I didn't get the full sign off, absolutely fine. Well to a degree, absolutely fine, until I was just before my 18th birthday. Right, okay. Um, As I was so... I was still having seizures for a period of time after, um, but we don't think they were epileptic seizures because... I was also on quite a lot of medication, and it was almost like a, a coming off medication sort of process. And also, the seizures were almost like a habit for my body to do.
1: Right. Um, I mean, this might be a daft question, but were were the seizures linked to the tumour? Um, as far were they...
0: as we are aware, yeah. they likely were. Okay. Um, but obviously, unless you do, I don't know what. Well, yeah. You don't fully don't fully know, but from what I remember, the scans afterwards show that I. I don't think they were. Okay. Um the one the new ones I was having. Yeah. Um and funny enough, a lot of those I remember more or it was somewhat conscious, so for my all of my other seizures I wasn't conscious, had no idea what was going on. Um but after that they started getting a bit more like I knew I was having them in a
1: weird way. And that must be scary.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was strange. Yeah. Um,
1: And and then you said after the surgery and you know a couple of years after surgery you were still having them but your body yeah that was your body kind of doing what it remembered yeah
0: it was kind of doing what was remembered obviously coming off the medication um and they did die, like start to go away um but it was still a period of time before the doctors could fully say she's absolutely clear i'm all good Do yeah. all I want.
1: <laughs> so you were back playing your musical instruments by then yeah that was so a six-month break yeah, so, so were... I
0: couldn't play for a period of time, and then obviously I wasn't actually feeling well enough for a period of time, mm-hmm. um, but even before I was allowed to play, I went back to some of my orchestra, wind bands and orchestras, and um, was helping newer students with them, so I'd sit alongside yeah, out with reading of the music, or I'd put all the st- music on the stands or something, because... I couldn't
1: get away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, music is often described as being therapeutic, and I yes. think it's actually used, isn't it, in, yeah. in, by some health professionals? Because it is, it's got that therapeutical element.
0: Yeah. At one point, I thought I might want to be a music therapist, but that wasn't quite the path I took. But,
1: mm. but um, you are a music teacher.
0: I use it in my own way, Yeah. Um, and I do think it's quite amazing what yeah. it can do. It can bring people together um, and things like that so I carried on um kind of joining and then once I could play again um I was able to go back into yeah. like the music groups that I was in and when I was at Sampson's, I got the music award there and then I um was able to do my grade eight clarinet and I also carried it on in sick form I did So I went to the sixth form at
1: what was the grammar school? Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: Um, yeah. Um, So I did um, my music A level there, and I um, also got two music awards for that, and then I got the St Stephen's Award from the music centre as well.
1: Right. Okay. And so, what's the St Stephen's Award for?
0: I remember being quite a shock when I got told um, I was standing standing on the side, um, and as were all uh, year 13s Um, or people that were going to leave music centre and um, I heard my name being read out and I, they they were talking, they went for a speech of what kind of all the bits and bobs I was doing but I kind of, they did, then afterwards they said the name and I didn't really go, oh that's me, I remember (laughs) someone going, "It's (laughs) it's you and I was like, huh? Um, But I think it's just commitment and um, community. Um, For example, I'd like help set up all the music stands and chairs when I could um, help other people around.
1: But it sounds like that involvement in music centre, music, helped you a lot through those years.
0: Yeah, I think it was my place. It was where I knew I was safe. It was somewhere I could go. And just... As they say be in the zone it was my comfort sort of thing yeah so this event that you've organized it's a music event yes that's
1: why then <laughs> that is exactly um, why yeah okay so do you want to tell us about that then so i've got here november the 4th yes for this event so yeah. what
0: have you got planned um so we've got some great music from um space pirates of rockane and city limits
1: yeah so two very well known local bands yes yeah yeah.
0: exactly and we've got a raffle with over 50 prizes um that could be one as well yeah um so it's kind of like a community event anyone's welcome um under 14s have to be with an adult yes um and as far as i know there will be a bar and some seating available, but it is like a stand-up gig.
1: Yeah, you want people up and dancing yeah, and having fun. I mean, enjoying the music with those two bands, they'll be expecting people up and dancing. Exactly. Won't they? Yeah. So presumably, tickets are available to buy. Yes. And how much are they?
0: Um, so they're twenty pounds per ticket, um, and I think if you look on the St James website, yeah, they'll have them.
1: Yeah, that's where you can buy them through. Yeah. Um, but the money is going to Great Ormond Street Hospital
0: and also headway
1: guernsey yeah so how did they help you i mean again a charity that we've all heard of yeah but with you what was so how did they work
0: i um after i left sit form um i worked for a couple of years and in that time i kind of realized that though i had the surgery a while ago although i went through what i did and i might be saying i might have I might be recovered or dismissed by doctors I had there were still elements that I was struggling with um, such as fatigue some mental issues um, and just even sometimes I could have done with someone to talk to um, and coincidentally I met Orla um, real real coincidence at so one day and she said that she worked with people brain injuries and I was like oh, I've had a brain injury. And um, she was like, okay, well, send me a message and we'll see. And so at the period of time, I was able to go for um, a Wednesday group meet. Um, There's some lovely people there um, to meet up with. Um, And really kind of helped me understand that, although this was a while ago, there Mm. are still things that stick around and linger and um it was really helpful to just chat to people about what they'd been through and how hard it can be sometimes and not to be so tough on yourself and that was really nice and so now because I work term time I'm able to go and um I'm able to go and see, visit the Wednesday group still yeah um which is really really yeah. nice so how long have you been going
1: obviously it's not every week, but how long have you been going to your Wednesday group?
0: So that was... in 2020, I think? Oh, wow. Okay, so it's been a... It's been a couple of years. Yeah, it's been a
1: long-term help for you then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with charities, Great Honour Street Hospital, Headway Guernsey, they're places and services that people hear of, but until you need
0: them... You don't always know. No, and I must admit, I... Kind of assumed that I wasn't going through an, uh, a brain injury, so I didn't w- wouldn't kind of need the help. And then, um, as I said, when I met Orlo, it made me realise, oh, they help with more than that. Yeah. Um. And yeah.
1: And they have helped you. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely. Have. Um. And now, so you say that you're you, you so you're not seeing the doctors anymore, but you have. Yeah. Scans every two years, yes yeah,
0: So I have MRIs every two years,
1: yeah. I mean, is there a worry? I mean, um, do you feel apprehensive when you come up to that time where you have to have your scan, or do you can you tell?
0: I mean, there is that a you little, feel healthy. I mean, there is a little worry, um, but it's probably very unlikely that mm. issues would be happening again, um, so that I don't know, it kind of I've kind of got over it now, yeah, um. I think a big thing was for me was when I got said that I could start learning to drive. Um, yeah so that's wow. what I'm yeah. doing at the moment. Yeah.
1: Well you mentioned earlier that you couldn't ride a bike when you were younger because yeah. of the, the seizures you're having. Well you've got your bike helmet with yes. you today. Yeah. So you're obviously able to ride a bike. Yes. You're playing your instruments again, you have yep. been for a few years. Now learning to drive a car. Yeah. Uh, these are all milestones in most people's lives. Learning to drive a car is a big one, isn't it? Yeah. But for you
0: they must, were big things. Yeah. It, it, I I think I am very grateful for everything that I've been able to achieve after. Um, for example, I've just finished my teaching music teaching diploma, and I never imagined doing something like that at that one stage in my life. Yeah. I thought I'm not going to be able to drive. I'm not going to be able to ride a bike. I'm not going to be able to do any more learning. I am going to be stuck in a bed for the rest of my life. That at one stage is what I thought it was going to be like. But I'm so lucky that I'm not, and I know it's not like that for everyone, so that's why I want to raise money for these charities. And music
1: has been a key factor for you, so it's a music event Yeah. to help these two
0: charities,
1: and so really it just sounds like you want people to come along and have fun.
0: enjoy the night,
1: have a good time. And family and friends presumably joining you, and colleagues, so you said you work at the Guernsey Training Agency. And also first music school. Yeah. Is there anything else that you do in your private life? Or are you so busy with uh, music and work and things?
0: I think uh, being so busy, I don't really get up to much. (laughs) Um, I do love the good board game, though. Okay. Um, And me and my partner are quite devoted to playing a few of those.
1: But even something as simple as that, at one point, that must have been a difficult thing for you to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't... um, Especially after my operation, I think one of the things that I remember them saying was, you can't think too much can't too much put too much pressure on the actual like mental part of my brain yeah and so i remember i had a um like a where's a character book um yeah. and i could only do a page of it at a time i wasn't allowed to do any more and uh, but no at, at times there was i wasn't able to join in with um board games and stuff, yeah so
1: but things like that you can now do yeah and life's good yeah
0: it's great <laughs> If you liked what you heard, please like and subscribe. You can find us on all social media channels, and if you'd like to keep up to date on all the work the Express team does, please sign up to our daily email by visiting gsy.bailiwickexpress.com.